people who love them. Hello, this is Mickey Desai, one of your hosts for this episode of The Thing About Cars, and we are very lucky to have around the table Dawn. Dawn, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Mickey and everybody. Hey, Ben, how are you? You there? I am here. And Becca, Becca, can we hear you? Hello. Excellent. Uh, Becca, what's, what's on your mind for the day in terms of the things we should be discussing on The Thing About Cars? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I threw it. Uh, yes. I really only had one thing, and I'm glad I remembered that at this point. Yeah. Um, I've had a rough beginning of my day here. Yeah. so um, There was a product similar to others that have been advertised, the whole kind of as seen on TV thing. I'm trying to recall what it's called right now, but it's the, it doesn't matter how bad your car's finishes, spray it on, and it looks brand new. Um, <laughs> so there's been a new one of those going around and I'm drawing an utter blank on the name right now. Like um, ceramic shield or something. Yes. I actually might even be able to, to see where I save something. So anyways, I'm walking through a store not too long ago and they have it in their as seen on TV section. <laughs> um, let me see. I'm going to look in here really quick because I had looked at it. All right. So anyways, I had spotted it in a store and decided, you know, why not? Why not? Let's take a look at this. And I tried it out because, you know, everybody knows that my, my Mustang kind of goes to sleep most of the year and then comes out to play when it's uh, car season and emission season and all that. So I tried this stuff out and <laughs> I don't know how that the, how well that noise comes across. Uh, <laughs> Sounded like a raspberry to me. <laughs> yeah, it, no. I, I could have achieved the same effect by, by spraying water on the car and wiping really hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Because when you read the instructions on it, it tells you that you have to do this two-handed wax on, wax off, <laughs> Buff, you know, press hard, buff it off, quick, don't let it dry, get it with the other hand, all this other. And if you're doing that, I achieved the same thing with a, a towel and water as well. <laughs> you know, my, my take on most of those products is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Shine Armor, I believe. Ah. Well, whatever it is, I tend to avoid all those and just do good old-fashioned soap and water. And then I, I've had good results with Meguiar's products for detailing the car. And um, Oh, yeah. And I, I know other people love Mothers. And I didn't know if you guys had your preferences as long as we're naming our favorites. And, and, if, our, and if any of these guys are listening, Meguiar's, I'd love to talk to you about a sponsorship, by the way. <laughs> I think we've, we've talked several times about Meguiar's and Mothers. And I, I think we're all on the same page as far as those we both or we all love both of those. Um, I don't think we've ever thrown this other name in there that I love, uh, Griot's Garage. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Have you guys heard of it? Ben? I've heard of it, but I haven't used it. Oh, um, no, good old uh, Don, you know, traditional soap and turtle wax. It's, yeah, yeah, turtle wax. Really, turtle wax, I have a love-hate. It's only because it is the type that... You know, when you get it on the black parts, but of course, then you pull out your good old uh, back to black. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think having a great, you know, microfiber um, cloth is is starting to me to be the, the best thing. 
Dennis, microfibers are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if you like those, there are these things. um, I've seen them in Walmart. Um, I can't remember the other places, but they come with little, it's like a microfiber pad and there's a set of five. But then there's this little gray thing that has kind of like Velcro on it. And it allows you to grip the little microfiber pads better. Love it. Neat. So it it gives you a little handle on your microfiber cloths or pads. And Ah. it's very, very handy when you're doing things like that. Everyone Um, should have a handle on their car. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's also chemical guys. I haven't had to use them a lot at least. But when you need something for an industrial strength problem, um, they have certain, um, like if you've got chemical etching in some glass or something like that, they've got products for that. Yeah, mild abrasives are the way to go um, for that sort of thing. But I, I was just thinking of when I was a teenager, just learning how to drive and learning to take care of my car, uh, turtle wax was it. Turtle wax was like oh, the yes. name on the market. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. yes. Yes, totally. yes. They were huge. You know, the other thing that gets frustrating, though, you clean your car, it's beautiful, and if it's older, your headlights look like they have film over them. Yeah. And we've been trying to figure out different ways for headlight restoration instead of just buying a whole new light kit. Oh, I, I was down that path a couple of years ago. Remember that I was trying out different tactics with the, um, the rumors going around. Uh, with toothpaste and, and a toothbrush and there was um, nail polish remover. There were all these different methods that were, that were spreading around that they were great. And I tried all of them. Um, most of the more iffy ones I tried out on somebody else's car. <laughs> right. So I've actually done it several times on my car and other people's cars. I went out and bought the 3M kit with the, uh, with the uh, drill attachments that, you know, yes, the uh, 3M kit. That's what we use finally. Exactly. And, uh, and the, the general consensus is you can do that. There's, there's like the heavy duty way of doing that with the power tools. And then there's these new, uh, wipe on applications that literally just come like a a wipe, a wet, a wet nap or something in a, in a little pouch. And you just wipe the crud away off of your, uh, off of your headlight. And, um, people I've, I've seen a couple of people swear by those. I don't, I don't know which one I would prefer, but I've gotten really good results off of that 3M ball that I've got. Yeah, well, that goes back to uh, what you're actually trying to accomplish, which is that the surface becomes degraded and porous. It's not that you're removing a contaminant from the plastic surface. It's that you're smoothing the surface after it has become degraded. And I've seen some YouTube videos of a guy using just basically like a fine rubbing compound and, you know, the kind of polisher you use for waxing cars. He puts a wide margin of blue painter's tape around the light so he doesn't mess anything else up and just hits it and wax it good for a few seconds and it mostly works. Right. Yeah. Um, And I've seen another person who used this evaporator. It's it's basically just an evaporator, a tiny little container which you put uh, acetone in and it warms up the acetone and the acetone vapor, you direct it towards the plastic on your headlight, which essentially melts the thing back into cohesion, right? It, it uh, ah. acetone, acetone melts plastic. And, oh, yeah, but, that makes sense. If it, but, you can take a serious off your nails, it would probably do better. That's what I was going to say. Acetone <laughs> is nail polish remover. Yep. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, acetone and plastic in general is a very, very bad idea. And heating it up is, I, I think, also a very bad idea, which is why this method is, is ill-advised. 
um, because the boiling point of acetone is already pretty low. Um, and it didn't do anything. I was going to say all those things that I had tried, um, nothing really worked well. Some worked very, very temporarily. The nail polish remover did work very temporarily. Um, but you know, nothing, nothing that really excited me. Uh, it wasn't until I went to the store and I want to say it was McGuire's, um, the heavy duty, it, it didn't have any drill attachments or anything, but they did give you like a little block to hold the sandpaper type stuff with and, and all that. But it's really what ended up working the best in the end was the, the package that I could go buy at the store for the headlight restoration. Yeah. And I was uh, using it on the Mustang who has very old headlights. <laughs> I've heard that the final secret after you get all the crud off uh, the uh, headlight, after you get all the oxidized porous stuff, the, the, the opaque layer um, that you have to clear coat it. If you, if you have actual, a bottle of just good old fashioned Krylon clear coat, that that helps the finished uh, finished product last a lot longer, like on the order of months, mm -hmm. if not years. Right. Well, these headlights originally had a clear coat on them. Yeah. And through the years, it gets buffed off. Right. So, yeah, you're, you're essentially just recreating that clear coat again. And this yeah. is where uh, a little prevention comes in, too. If you have a new car that, hasn't, that they haven't gone you know, funky on yet, uh, don't clean them with, uh, you know, with Windex or ammonia-type cleaners. Right. Exactly. Ammonia is very bad. Or um, you know how sometimes you get a car and it still has the wrapping on it? <laughs> we had a car that we didn't realize there was a thin plastic coat on the headlights. And I always yeah. thought, God, those look so diffused. Uh -huh. And then a few years I'm washing the car and hair it peels right off. And I was like, well, there's a good way to preserve those headlights. Yeah. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> years <laughs> yeah it was years and the same thing happened uh, on my convertible where there was a film on all of the um the all, all of the the stripping and the silver and it was clear and when this was not years but like a few months and i watched the car and i saw this thing come off and i pulled it and it kept going down the whole side of the car like wow this is fascinating i didn't know they put like a coating over yeah the, yeah yeah the ship oh yeah Don, when we started the episode, we, you said that you had an item we should talk about, which was how long you should keep a car. Um, and that is something we've actually touched on from time to time, but not in a, not in the purest sense. And I, I'm just wondering if your thoughts on the matter line up with what we've said in terms of when, when should you make the decision to get rid of a car or just continue to keep it? You know, I, we are people that get cars and drive them for a really long time. We've had vehicles up to 15, 20 years uh, like I said, we had an old Mercedes 69 that we probably had for 25, 30 years. So I, I think that when you talk about classic cars, that you have to throw out all the rule books. But what I believe is I've seen a lot of people say 12 years, 11.4 months is the researched amount. But a lot of people are saying 12 years would be if you really want to get every bit of use out of a vehicle and you do what we've been talking about, keep it really nice and clean, uh, take good care of it. Then there's the flip side of if you want the maximum investment, it's like you should be flipping your car every year. Because it's, it's just, you know, if you just want a new car and you want to not have to have diminishing um, returns to it that you know you might as well just keep if you if you don't want a car payment just go ahead and 
you trade it in every year. But that's, I, is, is that maximizing an investment? If I, if I go out and get a new lease on the car every year? I, you know, well, lease, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Maybe. lease, but this okay. was outright. Like if you buy a vehicle and you have a car note, yeah. then uh, what they're saying is like, you could, you know, we ever, a lot, everybody knows once you drive it off the lot, it diminishes in value, but oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, approximately 20%. So yeah. I, yeah, that's where mm-hmm. the question in my head right now. Yeah. So then, then what I was reading is, however, the longer you dry it, the more and more and more it goes down in value. So if you buy a car that's a year old, you turn it in in a year, and then you just keep doing that methodology and you don't mind that car payment, you know, there you have a new car every year. But I fall in love with cars and I don't want to do that. So um, I have a 2004 convertible. I have a 2008 SUV or 12 SUV. And we had a Durango for 15 years. It was a 2001. We got rid of it in 2016. And it was so hard to let that car go. I literally went by the Dodge dealership three times to say goodbye to it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I, me. (laughs) yeah, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just terrible. But 11.4 years, that was very interesting. It says that you will get you know, a lot of cars, they're saying 200,000 miles, you know, uh, we've gotten 400,000 miles out of a uh, uh, Mercedes uh, diesel. I think diesels will, you know, of course, last longer. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm very curious right now to see how long people will be keeping their vehicles. And if they're not driving them as much, because so many people are talking about teleworking now, and this is really are not just, you know, literally virtually working. Yeah. And so cars may start lasting longer. You know, the, the, the guidelines that we came up with here before and Ben and Becca, I'm sure will have different things than I'm about to tell you, which is after this discussions we've had on prior episodes of the thing about cars, the general rule of thumb that I tell people these days is you should keep the car as long as you love it. And, and the, the, and the, that answer comes about as a result of the question, which is at what point do you decide that it costs too much to keep a car? And there's not really a good line that gets drawn to say monetarily where that line should be. But, but, you know, I have my, my Honda that I'm currently driving. I'm not in love with that car. Uh, And when it starts to cost me more money than I'm comfortable with, I'm going to have no trouble getting rid of it. But I, I think the answer for most people is that you should continue to pay for repairs in your car as long as you'd love that car. Yeah, and I think that's true. If you can buy a car outright, um, you know, I, I think that really changes the equation. But if you have a car note and your car note's gone and all of a sudden you're putting in as much money as the car note would have been, yeah. that's that's when if you don't love the car. Like right. I said, I will go to the mat for a car I love. I will save it um, and restore it and keep it well until it wheels fall off of it. And then I'll find wheels to put back on it. But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> uh, but I, I I agree. I think um, people need to really think of those equations. And if you love it, you know that was it. I mean, I when I drove the Volvo, I think I did a brief calculation that is as long as I spent less than three thousand dollars a year repairing that car, that was still less than a car note for an equivalent car. Right. And uh, and so therefore, it made sense just to repair the Volvo from a financial point of view. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, my my Mustang and I just had our 21st anniversary. <laughs> so I've, I've had this Mustang uh, 21 years as of April 19th. Nice. Um, this was my, I've had five total Mustangs. This was number four. 
I would love to have kept the other ones. It's a weird story. I had two at the same time and I had to make a choice when my kids were born, which, which one I was keeping. And it was this one all the way. So that's why number four out of five stayed. Um, the Pontiac, how, I don't, when did I buy that Pontiac? Um, I don't know, but it's been DOA for going on two years now, holding up the garage. Um, hey, what year is it? Well, it's it's a 2009 Pontiac G8 GT. Oh, wow. Otherwise so, known as a Holden. Oh, uh, yeah, a Holden Commodore. Um, super hard to get your hands on. And I understand what it's going to take to bring her back to life. The problem is, um, you know, it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of effort. Um, but I, if I let her go the chances of me finding another one are slim to none. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the heartbreak is, but, you know, you can't find it again. But my question for you, Becca is, do you love the car that much? Do you need to, do you need to have another one if you should let this one go? Apparently I do. I don't know. I, I have some mixed emotions with it. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm, I'm not a GM fan. Um, and that hasn't gotten any better with this experience. Um, and I do have another daily driver that I got the Jeep. It was a year ago, August. So yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's, 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 I'm your, yeah. I'm your friend and I love you. Right. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say this with the utmost of concern and care. And I'm going to point out to you that you actually run something called the Mustang room and yes. it is not called the Pontiac room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nor is it called the oh Pontiac room. I didn't know we were going for interventions here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on your side. I'm going to stick with you. You do what you want to do. How the heck are we getting a 10-minute warning just now? I feel like we only just got into this episode. Don, what he's going to do, yes, he's having an intervention, and because I'm addicted, he's going to send me to the Henry Ford Clinic. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before this episode completely gets away from us in the last 10 minutes, I'm going to, I'm going to rush one part of the agenda here. And that is Grand Trivia Auto. Yeah. All right. So the Grand, Grand, Grand Trivia Auto question for the day is very simply, where was America's first freeway built? And the choices are Los Angeles, California, New York City, New York, Dallas, and Detroit, so think about that for a second. We'll answer it within the next 10 minutes before the episode ends. Um, real quick, I wanted to touch on this other thing we put on the agenda, which was driver education standards. And, and I'm going to kick that off by saying that it's, it's been temporarily ordered that teens in Georgia no longer have to take a road test to get their driver's license because of... Wait, wait. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. My yeah. nephew is 17 on Cinco de Mayo. And my sister was telling me about this. So keep going, Mickey. Yeah. So it's a temporary measure, right? But because of coronavirus, people don't have to go in to get their, uh, they don't have to actually do the road test. They just have to do, I think they don't have to do They only have to do like an online test and some other certifications and they can still get their driver's license that way. And there's a part of me that completely understands that and supports the decision. And then there's another part of me that says it's already too freaking easy for people to get driver's licenses in this state. And can't we make it a little, not necessarily more difficult, but can we make the process a little more thorough and, uh, because we were talking about the German standard, right? What it takes oh, in yeah. Germany to, to get a license, never mind own a car, and, uh, and how that translates to certain 
safety characteristics that they have on their interstates that we don't have on ours. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so here we are making it even, even easier because it was already easy in this state to, to get a driver's license. Um, but now you don't have to prove you can drive. <laughs> well, you barely had to before, before yeah. uh, the, the, air quote road test in Georgia before was laughable. You never got on the road. It was in the parking lot. Right. Um, your, your score to pass it, it, you'd be shocked at the things you could be horrible at and still get a driver's license in Georgia. And aren't we supposed to be under a shelter in place and people are getting refunds of car insurance because we're not driving? Why do they need the driver's license right now if nobody's driving? Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, and it's fascinating to me because I grew up in Germany and we took an entire, literally an entire half a year of driver's education in high school. Mm -hmm. And then you not only have to pass the driving test, but it's like a two-stage test. They have a theory test. Like the theory of why this, you drive a certain way, why you, um, I always loved it, Ausfahrt and Anfahrt. Uh, is the exits. <laughs> and we used to laugh our head, like every time we would learn all of the European signage and anytime that sign would come up on the flip chart, I would just bust out laughing. <laughs> I'm going mm. to Elspark now. <laughs> yep. Just want to let everybody know. Um, <laughs> but you also have to take a first aid course yeah. because let me tell you, when you drive on the Audubon and you have an accident, yeah, you can skin your knee pretty easily. It's going to be bad. Um, skin your knee. But my, yeah, I have a, a nephew. He's 17 next week. And he, uh, and I'm like, okay, he still doesn't have a driver's license. Hmm. I wonder if that's because my sister and I grew up in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I just, that's. Uh, I mean, I grew, I grew up in the state. I got my license in the state of Georgia, but somehow I had you know, at least the education that I knew how to change a tire. I knew how to do basic car maintenance even before I got anywhere near being a licensable age. Oh, and, yeah. And I guess I was just that that geek who, you know, geeked out on first aid and all those those things. And yet I, I look at my other average American drivers and some of them can't even change a tire. Yeah. yeah. Some of them don't know a dipstick from a test rod. I mean, <laughs> it... Well, let's tell you, the one thing that's frustrating about changing a tire these days is getting those doggone lug nuts off. You have to literally jump on the T-bar to, because when they do it, I, I, every time I go into my mechanic, I'm like, you're, you know, you're using a machine that I don't even have in my car to put those lug nuts on. No, you want it on that tight. Don't make me tell stories. We're running out of time. They have to be a specific torque. Well, that is true. Which should but, still be hand removable. But right. man, I have jumped on that thing a million times. Ben, wait, hold on. Hand removable for a man, Ben. Oh, but here's a tip though. If you, I have found that it's easier if you start to loosen the lug nuts before you jack up the car. Yes, but oh, yeah. hitting on a point that I've, I've tried to make before and I've wanted to do a video, I haven't. When you are loosening those lug nuts as a woman, because we don't have the upper body strength of a man, you you put it on there so you can literally stand on the um, the tire iron to loosen it, then jack it up, then they're hand removable for us. Right. Yeah. Well, even as a big burly guy, I loosen them before I lift the car. I mean, you, like on a front wheel that has no parking brake, you have to. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think a lot of people forget about that, to, that that's really the, the trick. Yeah. yeah. That's right. right. 
And a lot of shops are now using, uh, you know, air wrenches that have a torque sitting on them so that they're not just impacted to death. Yeah. Right. I think it only takes like seven pounds. Well, yeah, they just don't want to be liable for the wheels coming off and killing a mother and her three children when their Ford Explorer rolls over. Not that I know a specific (laughs) example, mind you. (laughs) So, all right, driving standards. Uh, so, you know, I, I do get the temporary order. I understand why they're doing it, kind of. But it's like, to Becca's, yeah. point, to Becca's point, it's like, okay, if you're, who needs a driver's license that badly right now? Yeah, um, if, yeah. if you're not supposed to be driving, don't need a driver's license. Right. Yeah, it's good. And I think it's going to be interesting to see with all these delivery services, how things change in the future for just going to the grocery store. Yeah, I think so. Your time will tell. All right, so we're down to about a three-minute warning here. Shall we... Uh, Shall we do the Grand Trivia auto answer and then wrap the episode? Sure. Okay. So, where was America's first freeway built? Was it Detroit, Dallas, New York, New York, or was it Los Angeles, California? Ben, go first. Mm, Completely guessing I'm going to say New York. Becca, what do you think? Well, my first question is, why are you calling it a freeway? Is there any reason behind that? Because that's kind of a northern term. Freeway as opposed to anything related to an Eisenhower interstate system, which didn't happen until much after the effect. Right. But we have a tendency to say highways or interstates up north, up in Michigan. My whole family calls it the freeway. So right or wrong, I'm going with them and uh, saying Detroit. You're going to say Detroit? Okay. Don, what do you think? Well, now I have the luxury of the two before me because now that logic makes me think Detroit as well. I was thinking the Eisenhower system and I would have said Dallas, Mm. but Detroit makes sense because of also the freeway. A lot of toll roads were out east and I think as things moved west, um, they started to become free and with Motor City... I would, I'm going to go with Detroit. The answer is the first freeway that lacked tolls and having limited access in the United States was the Arroyo Seco Freeway connecting Pasadena, Pasadena oh. and downtown Los Angeles. It opened in 1940 and is now called the Pasadena Freeway, otherwise known oh. as Highway 110. I'm you, Don. I'm very sorry. So. <laughs> no, the, you know, LA was, I was thinking also because there's a lot of space out there, free um, would make, a, make sense. But, I, you know, you kind of, Detroit was logical. Less than a minute to go. Let's say goodbye to our friends. Thanks, as always, for joining us for this episode of The Thing About Cars. We'll see you again with another episode in about a week. Bye. See you later. Bye, everyone. Safe driving. Thank you for listening. This has been The Thing About Cars. We'll see you on the road.